You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast with yours truly, Lauren Rosenberg. And thank you each and every single week for listening to this awesome podcast. As always, a huge shout out to my fantastic sponsors, of course, in Crimson Mask. Make sure to hit them up at officialcrimsonmask.bigcartel.com for all your cool, ghoulish, and stylish deathmatch apparel. And, of course... Make sure while you're shopping, hit up Grateful Deathmatch as well. Those guys are always coming up with something cool, but make sure you hit up that promo code of death for free shipping. And of course, you're probably curious who I have on today. Of course, I am dubiously honored to have the very first referee on this podcast. Of course, I'm talking to the man who had a very tumultuous but yet awesome weekend of course i'm talking to the legendary man bun ref himself ref sean p sean how are you doing today my friend i'm doing good how you doing man uh appreciate you know you said i'm the first referee yes you're the first referee i didn't want to surprise you with that actually you're the first referee on your dose of death that's awesome i appreciate that i appreciate that a lot man uh because there's a lot of really really dope referees out here with a lot of personality doing some really dope things so and the fact that I'm the first, I was actually the first on uh, Struggles podcast, which we'll <laughs> talk about Struggles some today. But, uh, but I was the first ref to come on his show, too. And, and so to come on your show, it's, it means a lot. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You do a great job as well. And, of course, um, you're coming hot off the heels off the Boardwalk Buds weekend with ICW No Holds Barred as well as Standalone Wrestling. Um, of course, let's get into um, the start of your weekend, of course. <laughs> the infamous deer accident, of course, with your car of um, Jean-Wayne Murak and Satu Jin. And, of course, um, shout out to Deathmatch Mag as well in that car. Thankfully, they yeah. all made it safe and a rental was found. But, of course, what were you thinking through um, the first moments of just getting on the road and you're supposed to be hitting up this big show? And, of course, that happens. Um, well, so at the time, we were all asleep. Um, and it ended up that um olivia from deathmatch magazine um she was the one that was driving and she you know shout out to her man because like it was two three o'clock in the morning and you know all of us wrestlers were you know jackasses and passed out on her (laughs) Um, and and she was trooping you know she was she said she wasn't even feeling tired like she was you know she was trucking it and we were we were making great time uh, that, I think that's the worst part about it was that we intentionally left early on Thursday mm-hmm. that we could get there in plenty of time, maybe even like check out some things and different stuff like that. And the fact that we didn't get there until three matches left on the card, like we literally got out the car and, and got in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah, to, to, to go, I'm kind of jumping ahead. But Go uh, ahead, man. Uh, but yeah, fucking, we, um, we had... It was two, three o'clock in the morning, and this deer, a baby deer, jumped out in front of us. She ended up hitting it, and um, we pulled over to the side of the road. And of course, Murdoch's like, "No, we can still make it, guys. It's not that bad. Come on, we can still keep trucking it down the road." 
like he was trying everything that to, to just keep going. Um, but we started to drive and immediately under the hood, it just started smoking like terribly. Oh, wow. um, and, and, and mind you, it was still pretty dark. So we didn't see, we couldn't really get a good like visual on the damage because we were in the middle of the highway, all that. So we were like, you know what, let's go up to the next gas station, see how bad this is. So we go up to the next gas station and that was our home from uh, three o'clock in the morning until uh, noon the next day. We oh, stayed wow. at the gas station that entire time. Um, you know, uh, called, well, we found out that the nearest towns were an hour away, uh, Charleston, oh, West wow. Virginia, and then there was some other one that had an enterprise. Um, and so that was what, that was what really took us longer than anything to try and get out of the situation that we were in, because we were trying to find a way to get to these rental car places, but Uber didn't come that far. Lyft didn't come that far. Not even a local taxi would come that far. Um, <laughs> and so we had to flag down. This is where the story gets real crazy. We had to flag <laughs> driver after driver trying to get people. And finally, this nice lady stopped and was like, yeah, sure. I can help you guys, but I can't take you somewhere because I have a government issued car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so hold on. Here's the cool part. This lady got on the phone and ended up ripping Enterprise's ass to the point where they ended up sending somebody to come and get us <laughs> and drive to the Enterprise that was an hour out of the way, like an hour back. Uh, and so we got the car, got everything squared away, got on the road, and literally flew. Like, when I tell you flew um, to our booking and we got there, uh, it was funny because Chris Levin was even like, bro, if you don't, you know, if you don't want to... Uh, you know, if you don't want to ref, if you don't feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. I said, bro, I need to get in that ring at this point. Like, that's my happy place. After all this bullshit, <laughs> I need to get in there. So, <laughs> so I ended up wow. running in the main event. So that was uh, how my started. <laughs> that's incredible. The government-issued car and then Enterprise. That, that's a real hell of a Thursday morning, Friday night extravaganza. If I, oh, dude. It, well, it was Friday morning. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Thursday night, Friday morning, because we we tried to leave at 9 p.m. around mm -hmm. 9 p.m. I think it was finally 10 p.m. when we got on the road Thursday, um, and so and that would have put us, you know, in in Jersey around. I want to say it was supposed to be like noon that we were supposed to be there, you yeah. know, about noon or so, and uh, and, and we would have had plenty of time to kill. We brought swim trunks to go to the beach and all that stuff. Like, still got to go to the beach for a second, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like we were wanting to do. You know what I mean? Because like once that had happened, it almost felt like it pushed back everything on the weekend. And like we got a little bit of chill time, but we didn't get much. So, well, at least you got a little chill time. Of course, um, you're a man of many things. Of course, um, your June has been really busy. Of course, I want to take it back even further. Of course, you were a proud referee of the first Masters of Pain in over six years, as well. And of course, um, you got to honor um or be the referee that um crowned akira the champion the master of pain of course um how was it like being a part of that masters of pain man that tournament was <laughs> on so many levels like it was one of the most fun that i have like been a part of in a long time um and and for so many like i said on so many different levels uh, the story that was told in that tournament, 
as far as kind of the passing of the guard. Because if you noticed, all of the quote-unquote top guys of deathmatch wrestling mm-hmm. uh, lost in the first round. Yes. Uh, the second round was your Nolan, your Akira, uh, and, and Jimmy Lloyd. Um, and who else was it? Yeah. That- Shane Mercer as well. Uh, Mercer, duh. Yeah, there we go. Mercer and Akira. Um, but yeah, between those four, it, it's definitely somewhat of a passing of the guard. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as um, who could be a potential top guy if they wanted to take it, you know, that far in deathmatch wrestling. So like that was cool. Um, everybody that was in the tournament or people that, you know, mean a lot to me. Um, I'm really cool with everybody in that tournament. Uh, two of my favorite deathmatch wrestlers were in that tournament. Uh, actually, my my top two. Um, it, it still goes back and forth some weeks, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, my my top two, just so, just so everybody out there knows, tuned in, is uh, John Wayne Murdoch and G. Raver. Uh, for a long time, it was Raver, um, and then he got hurt, and I thought his career was over, as did most of us, and I was just like, damn, that really sucks, because that's my favorite deathmatch wrestler. And then, <laughs> um, and then he, well, on, on a car ride, actually, um, this is whenever he was still good mm-hmm. and uh, like still working and stuff before he got hurt. And uh, so <clears throat> me and John Wayne Murdoch were on a car ride and he was just like, hey, who's your favorite deathmatch wrestler? Just asking the whole car. And I threw that out there and I was just like, Gene Raver, because he's a fucking man. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but, but then it was like, I think it was after he got hurt, we were taking another car ride and that question came up with a, with a different group. And, uh, and um, he asked that question, and I just kind of was like, well, I guess by default now it's you. Like, even on a non-bias, like, John Wayne Murdoch is just incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's just a, a great worker, um, a workhorse. Um, and then, you know, his everything he does in the ring is solid. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, yeah, going back to what I was saying, two of my favorite guys were in it. Um, Akira is, is, is a good friend of mine. Nolan's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, I like Alice Cologne a lot. Um, Shane Mercer's a good friend of mine. It's one of the first person that threw me in the car. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. so like it, it was uh, on so many levels, like it, it, that meant a lot the night before, um, the zero G tournament. I know there's a death match tournament, but the zero G, the zero G tournament was also the same way. Yeah. I mean, Jake Christ fan. Jake Christ is one of my favorite people, one of my closest friends, um, you know, and, and so many different guys that was in that tournament. Um, facade. I love Facade. I love Kincaid, man. And I don't get to work with Kincaid enough. But uh, so, yeah, like that weekend just in a, in a whole was so much fun. And I, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't mention the girl fight show. Uh, Charlie Cruel went out there and showed out against Mickey Knuckles, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun stuff. So um, I actually did um, get someone to um, ask you a question. Um, shout out to the World of Deathmatch Discord for giving me this question to you, Sean. Um, someone asked, um, what is your biggest precautions to take for refereeing a deathmatch? Like, is there anything you do in preparation to ref a deathmatch if you know you're going to ref one that night? Besides just making sure that I have um, a, a good set of gloves on me, not really. You know, um, and actually, there's really, um, I would say there is less preparation going into it um, because as far as for me goes, because there's like my my job 
my only job when it comes to either deathmatch wrestling or regular wrestling, just being a referee in general, is to um, is to make sure that we all go home safe and to make sure that the match goes off without a hitch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of the day, <clears throat> like my job, I'm here for the boys. Like I, I even tell people sometimes I don't even work for some of these promoters. You know what I'm saying? Or for, yeah. the, for the promoters. Like I'm here for the boys to make sure that the boys goes, the boys match goes off without a hitch, that everything is smooth. Um, and so, and, and, and when it comes to deathmatch wrestling, I don't need to know spots. I don't need to know, you know, that we're going to do this, that, because a lot of guys call it out there in the ring anyway, but that's, you know, kind of behind the, behind the curtain a little bit, but, um, oh, go ahead. but uh, a lot of guys will call it out there anyway. And so for me, I literally will just make sure that there's nothing that they can land on. that's going to, you know, mess them up really, really bad. Like, you know, the, the end of the light tubes or big shards of glass or stuff. That's why you, you'll see me kicking stuff out of the ring or yeah. at, at any fan that's tuned in. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I don't mean <laughs> to hit you in the face with glass, but if I hit you in the face with glass, I'm just doing my job. Please don't bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense taken. Uh, I think but, people understand. But yeah, but what I was going to say, and then as far as like, you know, I'll make sure all the glasses out. And then I'll also add my little flair, like, hey, come on, get them out of the corner, even though there's no DQ, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like that, that's pretty much the only, like, that. that's where my mind is, I guess, whenever I'm on a deathmatch show. But as far as preparation goes, there's not much preparation that goes into it because, you know, I'm pretty much just winging it anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's as good of an answer as I think you could get. I think it's definitely interesting hearing from your perspective. You're really sometimes the third guy in that ring. And so you're really the one that's doing the one, two, three, or calling the match as is. And I think it's interesting that you say that there's little preparation, but um, as I would love to point out to many of my listeners, I mean, you're truly one of the best deathmatch refs going right now. You, Chris Levin, um, ref Adam Gall. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of deathmatch refs, but really, I mean, you stand above the rest really with what you've been able to do. I mean, especially working a f- four-day weekend or yeah. three-day, I should say, of, of sorts with the ICW. But it felt like four days with the amount of shows they were doing. Um, now let's get back to um, the this past weekend with Boardwalk Buds. Of course, you were at the epicenter of the main event of No Holds Barred, Unlucky 13. Of course, the main event being John Wayne Murdoch versus Sadika in a true barn burner, a car crash. Many people have called it different things. Of course, I want your two cents on the infamous ending where Sadika tried to throw a light tube your way. <laughs> well, um, as I was saying just a minute ago, when I'm out there, I just like to wing it. I don't really, I don't really like to, you know, have, especially in death matches, have too much preparation going into it as far as knowing what all's going on with the match and stuff like that. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was warned by Chris Levin before I went out there that, hey, man, he's a little bit of a pistol, so be careful. Which, you know, I, like b- between us and, and, and everybody tuned in here, um, I, I like that. Like, I prefer that. I would prefer people in the ring that would, like, 
you know, they kind of push me around or like, you know, mess with me like, like, like a Nick Gage or yeah. one of my best friends in the business is a guy named Isaiah um, that some people might be familiar with. Isaiah, he, um, one of the first times we worked together, he came and he got right in my face and tried to make me flinch. And, uh, and then just kept messing with me the rest of the match. And when like pushed me out of the corner and like, you know, don't, don't touch me and sh you know what I mean? And shit like that or whatever. Dude is now one of my best friends, one of my closest friends in the business. It's probably one of my confidants like that. I will hit up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so like, uh, or even, you know, people like Ludark Shaitan, she's the same way. Love her backstage. She's sweet as hell. Um, but when we get out in that curtain, man, she will shoot, push me. And like, <laughs> I'm like, dog like did i do something we were literally just friends not like <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah uh, so i've worked with you know quote unquote pistols before um but i had no clue what to expect out of her because you never really do you know what i'm saying as far as mm -hmm. anybody goes um especially whenever they don't really use the they, they don't really know the language that well and and mm -hmm. granted like just like Ludark, she was sweet backstage. She was really nice, you know, um, and all that. <laughs> and we got out there, and uh, her and, and Murdoch were having that moment at the end of the match. And I don't know what had happened, but I caught her view. And, you know, normally, like, I like to try and stand behind baseball again. Yeah. I like, uh, or behind the curtain. I like to try and stand. You'll notice if you watch, I like to stay in the ring until the heel will actually chase me out of the ring. Yeah. Um, and and there will even be times sometimes where they won't be, and I'll get real close to them, be like, "Hey, chase me out," and then they'll come and they'll chase me out, and I'll roll out and I'll run off. You know what I mean? This situation here, <laughs> she came for me, and as I was trying to get out, she got a hold of my hair, and I was just like, "Bet, okay, <laughs> so we're working now. We're working. You know, let's work." All yeah. right. So she's pulling me back in, pulling me in, pulling me by my hair. You know, whatever. Which, a quick side note, that had happened about two weeks ago at um, uh, AWR. <laughs> Same thing had happened. I was getting pulled in the ring by the original Sins. Oh, the okay. They were pulling me in, pulling me in, and they were getting ready to put me through a door or a table or something until they got cut off by the babies. Okay. That wasn't the same thing. That wasn't planned at all. But I know those guys. I trust those guys. Once they grabbed me by the bun, I was like, cool, we're working. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying? it wasn't planned, but it, but it was needed. This <laughs> wasn't planned at all. She grabbed my hair, and I'm like, okay, let's work. And then my good old buddy, my pal, my friend, John Wayne Murdoch, decides to hand her tubes. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, cool. He's going to come over and cut her off. Maybe, you know, clip her with the tubes, like get off of the ref, you know, whatever. Maybe save my life. No. He is encouraging her to hit me with these tubes. So she decides to throw them out into the crowd at me as I'm running off. And I look, I've never taken tubes before. I've never taken tubes. And that was not about to be my first time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, that's so pretty much what happened, man. That, like that whole thing was a shoot. Like That was, that was a shoot. I, I was kind of telling people as well. Sadika was a straight shooter the entire week. And of course, running off Chris Levin Friday night and yeah. then of course running you off Saturday night. It was only a matter of moments. Of course. Um glad you survived and glad you didn't have to take light tubes. But of course, um 
with the rest of the show as well. Um, I just want to get your um, two cents. What were your favorite matches you refed during uh, Bud's weekend? Um, let's see. Let me go back. Um, I would probably have to say... Um, Satu and, and Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Because I was able to... That, like, that was... That was just a moment, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for me, rolling out of the car, running in, being able to do that match. And even Reed and Akira beforehand was just as good. You know what I'm saying? The promo, yeah. after, all that, like it was it was just as good. It was just the fact that, that like, you know, I got out of the car, did the main, like that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like it, yeah. was, it was just a moment. So that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, no, I, man, like there was some good matches and, and like, the, the stuff they did was fun, but I, I can't mention anything that I did in the sand pit because that was not <laughs> like I hate sand. I hate rolling around in sand unless I'm getting the water to wash off right afterwards. And and that was that was not fun. <laughs> um, so but I mean, like everybody killed it. Everybody, you know, did a great job. Uh, it was just that sand, man. It was just tough. But um and then uh, as far as the Lucky 13 show goes, I had mm-hmm. a blast doing, uh, really, man, every match that I had on that card, I, I was really, really um, satisfied with. I, like Akira and uh, Akira and Homicide, that was so, so much fucking fun. Um, and then uh, just because, like, any time that I get to work with Homicide, like back when I was working with him at IWA Mid-South, mm-hmm. stuff, like, he's just so intelligent to this business. And he will literally like give you things and give you ideas. There wasn't really much that he like had to kind of like, you know, give me tips on or pointers on for that match. Uh, but there was some uh there was some special shenanigans that had happened that um, you know, and different stuff. I won't get into it. That'll be somebody else's story to tell. But <laughs> there was some special shenanigans that had happened with that match that, you know, it was cool that Homicide had trusted me with. But um besides that, like uh anytime I've worked with Homicide, I'm just like, duh, it's it's a blessing to get to work with him. And that match was just the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh also like I, I had a blast with Tank and uh uh Tank and um who was it? Tank and Casanova. Uh, yeah, yeah, dang it, my bad. No, you're good. <laughs> um yeah, Tank and Casanova. Um, because that match was way better than I expected it was even gonna be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and then of course I had fun doing Sadika and John, even though uh, I nearly died, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, Tank Rita Nolan, Nolan was a blast. Oh, so, yeah. Man, uh, Rita Nolan was an interesting one, especially um that kind of brings up something I want to bring up with you, of course, was the um uh, very flimsy yet somehow managed light tube wine rack that was happening transpiring oh, during the match did you, did, how was it getting that thing up onto the ring sorry to cut you off i have a question for you about that could you all hear me cussing and getting as pissed off as i was getting through the live feed hmm i don't know okay the crowd was i think cheering over that so I don't think I could hear as much as I thought. I would have to replay it to see what you're talking about. But I'm going to have to message you later tonight. 
so I can give you clarification well, on that, I'm man. I'm probably going to watch it too myself because Lucky 13 was probably my favorite show of the whole weekend. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, that's the show. I, I plan on watching it tonight before I go to sleep anyway, which will be very soon because I haven't slept much. So, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you got to catch up on your sleep, my day. But yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Trust me. And I don't do it enough. Um, but what I was going to say, uh, Lucky 13 was probably, you know, my favorite show uh, and all of that. Shoot, I done lost my train of thought. I'm so tired. Anyway, go on. With, oh, um, yeah. As we were doing the, the rack, as we were trying to get that in, um, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, I was literally, um, <laughs> so when it started to tip and they started to fall, I was like, guys, no, it's not going to work. And so, and they started to bring it back down. Well, then they, they tried to keep pushing and keep pushing other guys. It, it was almost, almost kind of felt like there was too many chiefs in the Indian, too many chiefs in the, in the village type stuff, because yeah. like everybody was trying to take charge and different stuff. And like, and I was just watching it. Like, this is about to be bad. Y'all, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. while, while still trying to help, of course, but, um, Finally, I saw the the little bit of the wood get up over top of the the chain. We were up and we were able to be over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was bringing it down, which we did rather quickly, and it and it worked out, thank God. But like like I said, I was getting so so irritated because I was just like, guys, scratch it, it's not going to work. And and I think even even Rita Nolan might have been sensing that too because I was talking to Reed after the fact. And I told him, I said, bro, I almost nixed that, uh, that whole lattice deal. And, uh, and he was just like, I, I would have understood if you would have, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was literally about to crash and burn anyway. <laughs> so, well, I mean, that's better than nothing at least because I was watching that and I just see you in like a cavalcade of like five people trying to lift that lattice up into the chains and um, I was just saying, they're like, are they really going to get this up? I would have just scratched it, but they were able to make something out of nothing, as they say in the wrestling biz. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Making chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> That's what we call it. I, I love that line. Actually, that's a fantastic line. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, of course, though, I mean, you, um, as I've said before, you're a man of many talents, refereeing, of course. Um, I am also curious, I think others are as well, um, when it comes to do, um, refereeing and when it comes to doing all these different kinds of matches, not just death matches, of course, but other wrestling matches, um, you've, you've kind of mentioned before your favorite kind of people you worked with, like, of course, Homicide, um john and all but who are some other guys that you see yourself as great people to work with and who you think maybe deserves more of a spotlight quite a few man and uh and one of those guys was one that y'all saw this past weekend in dale patrick's oh yeah dale has been was my mvp of the entire weekend honestly oh absolutely i agree yeah well between dale and neil both uh hell man like both those guys you know put in work um you know, um, they've been in the business for a good, good minute. Um, so, uh, and they've been, you know, proving themselves. Actually, I did not know this. I knew that Neil was the original Prince of the Deathmatch. Yes, I, just, I didn't know that. Dale was the second Prince of the Deathmatch. Wait, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? 
That's crazy. I, I knew Neil was the original Prince, but I didn't know Dale even won Prince of the Death Match. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Dale Patrick's on a broken foot, almost on a limb, basically. Um. Managed to put out three sensational matches, and I think. I mean, I, I need to go rewatch it back, but I definitely see as someone who has watched a lot of death matches, Neil and Dale was really a defining moment for both guys on a big stage. You can't be any happier for two guys. And of course I'm a Midwest guy. So seeing anyone out of the Midwest death match scene do well, Dale and Neil, both, I was really proud of both of them. I don't know about you. Absolutely. Yeah. I was super, super proud of both of those guys. Cause both those are two good friends of mine. Uh, Dale was, you know, around, uh, putting in work weekly um, at IWA when I started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Neil is a guy that I've been getting on the road with here recently and, and going a lot of places. And me and him have had some, you know, really deep conversation outside of wrestling. Um, so, like, it, you know, to see those guys get their uh, get their flowers this weekend yeah. was, was <laughs> awesome, man. It was so cool to see uh, another – you know what? There's a guy that people don't talk about enough who – well – Depends on the circles that you're in. Uh-huh. But I feel like in those conversations of the Alice Colognes and the um, John Wayne Murdochs and even the Nick Gage and yeah. well, Nick Gage is a legend, but um, you know, guys like that, like how come Oren doesn't ever really get talked about in that? <laughs> Bruh, you're talking to like one of the big Oren fans here. I feel this 100%. Mind you, it's amazing. He is, he is a great friend of this show. I've oh, had him great. on this show. One of my absolute favorite people in the world. I, I I agree with you. He is he he just goes in and does the work, which is what I appreciate. It is not appreciated enough per se. Facts. I agree, man. Yeah. And not only that, but like he is like he's one of those dudes that will literally sit there and like <sighs> I, well, put it this way. I refed a match where the dude could have almost died and had to go get a blood I can't do that. You're at King of the Death last year. So it's like, dude, uh, dude is, is crazy. He's nuts. And, like, is uh, he's good, too. So, yeah, I don't understand. Not only that, but, like, a, a lot of what John Wayne Murdoch did was because of Oren Vite. You know, a lot of where John Wayne Murdoch is right now is because of Oren. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to Tango and and him and Oren had banger after banger after banger after banger. You know what I mean? Um, so that's one that I definitely think should be talked about uh, a lot more often than what he is. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, but and then of course you know all the guys that everybody's talking about right now as they should be. The I, like I, I feel like Schlack is is like one of the best professional wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, like just in general, because he embodies what professional wrestling is like, you know, he, he looks like this behemoth monster who will murder somebody and he eats fucking glass. And you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, he is. Like, he's an absolute monster, man. Yeah, man. It, it's very similar to how I felt like when I first met like a, a Mance Warner or a Eddie Kingston or something like that. Like I was just like, you know, they, they get it. They get this business. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all great names that you bring up. Yes, or invite. I will continually and forever 
to be in debt to that dude. Still, I'm just going to put this out there to everyone listening. One of my absolute favorite people that I've ever talked to on this podcast, he personifies deathmatch wrestling in more ways than I think many people realize and what this industry is about. And um, he's only been doing this for about three and a half, four years, which is the crazy thing. And to give someone like John Wayne Murdoch, that illustrious dance partner, um, volumes, it speaks volumes to both of them. And um, that's kind of my mini shout out to Orrin Vite if he listens to this episode. Yep. I agree, man. Yeah, orange and man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so just kind of to close things out here. I know, I mean, you were a man of um busy, busy, busy. Of course, you just literally as we were talking off air, you just got him back from um that long um trip from Atlantic City back. Um, is there anything you want to tell is there anything you want to tell anybody that is interested in potentially refing? My biggest advice uh, is probably, I would say, uh, keep your, you know, the, it's it's the most basic advice, and it's what a lot of people tell you. But for us referees, man, it's it's even more important. Um, you know, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Um, so because there's so much to learn in this business, and you're not going to learn anything if you keep running your mouth. You know what I mean? So. Um, but as other than that, man, uh, the the biggest piece of advice that I, I can give referees, just in general, get your reps in. Um, never stop learning because I still learn stuff to this day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but definitely, definitely find a place to get your reps in and to work as much as possible. Um, and and not only that, but to work with with good people because if you keep on working with the same you know, 20 milers and stuff, you know, the, the same guys that ain't going nowhere, then you're not going to really go anywhere yourself. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. One of the best things that I ever could have done was, was stopped working the, well, not necessarily stopped working, but, you know, slow down on working the more local stuff that I was doing and yeah. are with people that I saw at IWA Miss South every week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Shane Mercer or a John Wayne Murdoch, you know, Hey, where y'all headed this week? Can I ride with you? You know what I mean? Um, so all of that is probably my best advice, man, um, is definitely get your reps in, hop in a car, get out, you know, don't, don't ever be comfortable in what you're doing. That's not just for reps. That's for wrestlers in general. Yeah. So, well, I think, I think you really bring great advice for someone of your stature being able to do the things you do. And I think it, you definitely set a good example to what you just said of, taking that car ride with maybe nightmarish or whatnot. But of course um, it ended in, in the long run of you getting to ref at the showboat for an entire weekend. And of course um, I, for one, appreciate you coming on, taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me, of course. Um, Also just another thing is um, I like to do this with all my guests. Um, if you have anything to plug, if you have any, if you want to promote your social medias or anything like that, the time is yours to do that, my friend. Thank you again. Um, the floor is yours. Uh, well, my social media, everything across the board is all the same. It's uh, at official SPO 502. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram, uh, official SPO 502. Um, and then I have a pro wrestling tea store. Uh, if you would like to support me, 
Um, I'm not getting rich off of refereeing, so, <laughs> but I would like to make this my full-time day job one of these days. So if you want to throw some money in my pocket and help me out and, and support me, then uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash official SPO 502, the same as my Twitter and Instagram. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much all the plugs that I got, man. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. I, I really appreciate the fact that I'm the first referee on here. So well, absolutely, man. I mean, you. Um, for those that don't know, Sean actually asked to be on the show, which um, just makes my day when someone messages me to like, hey, I like what you do, and and um, it it, it definitely um helps. But it also it's just a, it's just a fun conversation, and I had a lot of fun here. Just want to thank you as well for coming on. And yes, as I said before, you were the first referee. Um. And again, thank you, Sean, for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this awesome episode of Your Dose of Death. Lauren Rosenberg and, of course, Ref Sean P. signing out. This has been a Countout Podcast.